0: And thank you. Yeah, lights, lights. Yeah, perhaps Peter shared uh, prayed a similar prayer as to what we just sang. Um, a child, Titus, just went out the door. Oh, is there another person? Sorry. Okay, cool. Just making sure kids don't get lost. Um, yeah, perhaps Peter was praying a similar prayer. Perhaps Cornelius was praying a similar prayer that he would be open to whatever God wanted to say. He'd be open to wherever God wanted him to move. We're in Acts 10 and we're talking about prejudice. We've been talking about prejudice this whole month and how God is absolutely without prejudice. And he is healing us of our prejudice, empowering us to walk in love toward others, and empowering us to be a people that refuses to other one another, right? That's kind of that's the work that God is doing. Can you imagine a world without prejudice? Can you imagine a world where we were just the person before us was um, seen as an absolutely loved, cherished child of God? We did not project anything on them. We did not hold any bias or make assumptions about this person, Um, but we were able to just meet that person right where they are, as they are being fully present to them. Um, That would be the world would be a completely different place. Our, our neighborhood would be a completely different place. Our families would be completely different. So Peter is praying in Acts 10, and I'm assuming that you guys have interacted with this passage a little bit in house churches and on your own, so I'm going to be hopping around, but Peter was pondering the vision that he had just had. Uh, That's not the one I want to read, is it? Yes. Yes. All right. I'm going to start here. And while Peter, verse 19 of chapter 10, while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation. For I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation was directed by a holy angel to send for you, to come to his house, and to hear what you have to say. So Peter invited them in to be his guests. And that is an amazing statement that anyone Jewish reading that story and anyone Gentile reading that story in that time, if they saw that sentence, they would be like, shut up, right? They would be like, you're lying, because he invites these Gentiles in, two of which are soldiers of the Roman Empire. They're very like the, the enemy that is oppressing them. Um, and they're all Gentiles. And Peter invites them in, which is breaking the Jewish law. He's going against God's revealed will up to this point. He invites them in, they cross his threshold. He opens. His door to them and they enter in. I think the first step to tearing down prejudice, to tearing down borders between nations, is crossing thresholds in neighborhoods. Does that make sense? What God wants to do globally, He does locally at the same time. What He wants to do in the world, He's doing in our homes. He's doing in our families. He's doing in the discrete, concrete relationships with you and me and us and the people that we meet each day. What God is doing globally, he's doing locally. Uh, We often get caught up in the big picture of what God is doing in the sense that we want to be a part of big movements right we want to do big things for the kingdom of god we want to see justice take root in the world we want to see nations be at peace we we want to see this neighborhood be transformed and and sometimes our focus is on the monumental work of justice we miss the mundane work of justice right it's on the it's on the mon, the big picture the cosmic like national global thing that we miss the local, in fact, sometimes even neglect the local. It's like I've shared this with you before. I want to be the kind of person that just serves people like crazy at great self-sacrifice. To my, you know, I want to be like, you know, uh, what's that guy, uh, George Mueller, or the great heroes of the of the past that did awesome things. But if my wife asked me to rub her feet, I'm like, no, I don't have time for that. Like, it's the the things that God wants to do globally. He's doing locally. He's doing here and now. (coughs) It reminds me of a story of Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa was invited to speak at the United Nations uh, Conference on Ending World Poverty. She was invited to speak uh, before these delegates, these national leaders, these world uh, leaders who wanted to bring an end to, to hunger and poverty and she was supposed to start at 10 she was scheduled to speak at 10 in the morning and about 10 o'clock you no know, mother teresa 1001 1002 people start rustling in their seats like what what's going on where is she um, you know 1008 people are sending their interns to go find mother teresa and finally uh about 15 minutes late she comes in her like old lady kind of limp, she comes and comes up the aisle, walks up the stage, steps up to the mic. And she says, "Um, we've come here today to address the problem of worldwide poverty, but we are neglecting the poor right in front of us. I was late because on the steps leading up to this very building, a man who was sick, tired, and in despair was sitting there and I stopped to talk to him and I stopped to see him. And then this funny, famous quote, not all of us can do great things, but we can all do small things with great love. We can't miss what God is doing here for what he's doing out there. Like what he wants to do globally he wants to do locally in our lives. The prejudice that he wants to heal in the world is the prejudice he's healing in our very own hearts. The barriers that he's breaking down between nations, he's breaking down in our neighborhoods. And so the first step, like I said, is to tearing down the prejudice and having that healed is uh, between nations globally is to allow and consent to the work of the spirit as he invites us to cross thresholds in our neighborhoods. So, Cornelius, this is a, a beautiful, radical story um, for the early church that should define us and uh, define who we are and how we see ourselves in our neighborhood, in our homes. Cornelius, verses one through eight, of chapter 10 of Acts, he is a Gentile, he's a soldier. Of an evil empire who is just crushing. They're taking over the world. They're the world power, and they just crush whoever's in their path, and they are currently occupying Israel. He's a slaveholder. We are told that he sends two servants or two slaves to go and retrieve Peter. He's also a Jewish convert. He is. He's intrigued by the Jewish faith. He's praying the Jewish prayers. He's giving alms as the Jewish uh, law states he should do. And um, uh, he is in no way accepted by the Jewish community, but he's admired by them, it says in the text. So Cornelius, first character in the story that we're introduced to, he represents... Uh, the rejects. He represents the outsiders. He represents the dirty, the avoided, the tolerated, if not hated, at least from the perspective of Peter, of the Jewish people, of the ones who claim to follow the Messiah, Jesus. So that's Cornelius. And notice that God comes to Cornelius. This is what I love about this. God is taking the initiative in crossing barriers. God He's a transgressing God. He's a transgressor, if I can be provocative. He's a trespasser. He's a lawbreaker. God comes to Cornelius. He comes to this Gentile, and he reveals himself to him. God always leads the way in breaking boundaries between people. This is what he did in Jesus. All right, and so then Peter is the second character we're introduced to in verse 9. If you look there, uh, 9 through 16. Now Peter is like a a great Jewish guy. He's like a good boy. He's following the laws. He's he's following the rules. He's he's following the good Jewish laws. He's maintaining the good Jewish boundaries. He's maintaining the dietary laws. He's not hanging with he's not who he's not supposed to who he's not supposed to hang with, right? Um he's not I always get that phrase. And never mind, I'm not gonna use that phrase because I always forget it. What is it? Um don't don't um drink, dance, or chew, or go with girls that do? I got it right. Cool. He's not doing that. He's not doing any of that. So Peter represents the Jewish people, the insiders, the ones uh, who are the faithful chosen few. And he's following all the rules. And so here then God comes to Peter, again, taking the initiative. He comes to Peter with a blasphemous, shocking invitation He, he says, he lowers, you know the story, he gives Peter a vision, he lowers this gigantic, ginormous sheet from the ceiling, from the heavens, uh, four corners reaching to the four corners of the earth, and the sheet contains what? All kinds of animals, all kinds of animals that are dirty, that are, that are off limits to the Jewish people that are against God's law to eat. And God says, he gives them an invitation, and he says, Peter, get up, take, and eat. And Peter says, because he's a good Jewish boy, he says, no, never would I do that. Far be it from me, God, to do that. And again, God says, Peter, take and eat. And Peter says, no way, what are you talking about? I'm not going to do this. And he does it a third time time, he does it. And this is interesting. Now, first, I want to talk about the food real quick. This isn't just about food. This isn't just about like eating pork and getting to eat hot dogs, right? This, or bacon, this is something much more profound. Uh, The food embodies and is symbolic of the people that eat the food. All right. Think about how central food is to our lives. We eat at least three times a day, usually, often, sometimes more. Uh, a, A meal is what we gather around the table. So to eat, if I say, hey, come eat breakfast and have some bacon with me, I'm not inviting, it's not about the food, it's about the fellowship, it's about the table fellowship, it's about the life we're going to share together. And so when Peter, when God invites uh, Peter to eat, it's an invitation to be at the table where the food is with the people who eat the food. And again, this, this, the four corners of this sheet containing this food stretch to the four corners, North, South, West, and East. This is symbolic of all people, all nations, all cultures take, eat, be with, come be at the table with these people. And this is what we see in Jesus. Jesus says this. And Peter says, no. And three times God says, come eat. Now in the ancient Near East, um, hospitality is the big thing, all right? Hospitality is what you do. It's expected. And so if a stranger, a complete stranger walks into your village, you, if you're a good person, invite them into your house. And you say, hey, come and eat. Hey, stay with me. Eat my food. Um, Sleep in my bed. I want to give you hospitality. Now, you're obligated to say that, but they've got a little um, cultural um, out, Built in for you. Um, the person is expected to say, oh, no, it's okay. I appreciate it, but no thanks. And then you are expected to offer the invitation again a second time. Hey, no, really, come in, come in and eat and sleep in my bed and 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 be in my home. I, I want to extend hospitality. And then you're expected to say, no, no, it's good. I'm good. I'll find a hotel. It's all right. If you offer a third time, you really mean it. And you're, the person that you're extending the invitation to knows, okay, I can accept it. And so a third invitation is given. So God, I, I think this is what's going on. God says, I'm, I'm, culturally, this is a third invitation. This is for real. This is, I mean this. Come and eat. I'm extending hospitality to the four corners of the earth, to all peoples of all nations to come and eat. It's an invitation. And listen, it's an invitation to expand our life. To all pe- to include all people to increase the walls of our home the the boundaries of our tables to include all people to make room for all people and so um, wrapping things up here I can just we can feel the tension the tension and the anticipation building um, we, it's hard for us to realize what's happening here but God is is healing um, and breaking boundaries and prejudice that have existed for thousands of years and and he's introducing these two people that are not allowed even by his law, which is weird confusing, not allowed to be together and so he brings them together and here uh, there's two shocking verses verse twenty three and verse twenty seven that would just make anyone reading it at that time be like whatever no way can't believe it verse twenty three Peter invites them in to his home. And then verse 27, Peter is led. He follows these Gentile sinners to Cornelius' house. He's in quote-unquote enemy territory. He's being defiled, right? He's got the heebie-jeebies, right? His skin is crawling. He's like, well, these people are dirty. I'm religiously impure. I can't stand to be here. And and as he's talking to him uh, in verse 27, as he talked to them, he went in into Cornelius's house. And then Peter explains, actually, he's like, dude, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, this is against God's law. We've never been allowed to do this. I don't know what's happening. Why am I here? Tell me, why am I here? Like, what am I, what are you asking me to do? And they say, hey, God gave me a vision, gave you a vision. Let's talk. What are you, what's your message? And then Peter shares the good news of Jesus. He says, there's this God. This Jesus, this Messiah that we waited for for thousands of years and he came and he was crucified and he died for all people. Now I'm realizing, right? He's, he died for all people. And whoever believes in him, who follows him, who pledges their allegiance to him is given the forgiveness of sins. And he's creating a new community, a new way, a new people, a new table where all are welcome. And in verse 34, 35, I understand truly now that God shows no partiality. Peter is learning the implications of this good news. He's even as he shares it, it's unfolding before him, as his as the his his imagination for what the good news, the gospel is doing expands. And so then, God again says, "Hey, I'm going to make sure you get it." And he anoints him with the Holy Spirit. They start speaking in tongues. And Peter's like, i "Can't believe it! Now he knows it's for real, legit. That God has welcomed all people in." And they're all invited to share in this revolutionary love, this revolutionary boundary breaking, prejudice healing love of God. He's making new people, a new family, a new community. And so this is our story. This is what we live out of. This is the God we follow, the boundary breaking, boundary trespassing, prejudice healing God who invites us to the same. And we pray and we sing open us up. My heart is an open space. This is what God, when we invite him in, this is what he's coming to heal and to bring us into, is to cross the thresholds of our neighborhoods and invite others into our across our thresholds. And this is the point of healing. What God is doing globally, he's always doing locally. In this place, with this people, in our midst, as we practice Open Doors, and open tables, and open hands to all people, to the four corners of the earth, and we submit our prejudice to him, God is healing it. God is restoring it, and he's building a new family. And so my question is, um, for us, is let's every let's continue to submit, when we become aware of it, the prejudice that we become aware of. And, and again, we can't change that but we can submit it and place it in the presence of Jesus who will heal it. We can name it. We can own it. We can confess it. And we can say, God, take this. And then we can step toward those whom don't look like us. Don't smell like us. Don't dress like us. Don't eat like us. Don't act like us. Don't have a history like us. Don't value like us. Don't talk like us. Don't make money like us. Don't worship like us. Don't live like us. Whatever it is, let's, let's, broaden and expand our definition of us to include the four corners of the earth. So God, I pray that we would be part of this movement that you, this revolutionary movement that you began almost 2000 years ago, that our hearts would be open space, that you would heal the prejudice and that we would respond to your invitation to go, to take, to eat, to be with and to share fellowship with people that that, uh, you love. God, may you heal us of our prejudice. May you uh, enable us to be a community of people in which all people can be authentically their full selves and where we can be a people that evidence your love, your boundary-transgressing, law-breaking love. That's changing the world. Lord, may we do small acts with great love. And may you change the world as we do. In Jesus' name, amen.